It's time, Diddly. Let's do it. You're listening to Blast from the Arsenal. We're live. We made it. No green screen issues this week. <laughs> hey, everybody. How you doing? Thanks for joining us on another episode of Blast from the Arsenal, your weekly podcast for all things Arsenal, proudly sponsored by Productive Design. I'm your host, Angelo. Joining me, as ever, is Diddley. Diddley, how are you, mate? Good evening. I'm brilliant, mate. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> what, because of football-related or just generally, generally feeling brilliant? Yeah, football-related. Look, I've not had a great day at work, I'll be honest. I'd cut the tip of my finger off. Wow, oh, Jesus. North London is right. Um, I've got a flat tyre as well on the way home. So, But I'm still here. I'm here and I'm smiling because, you know, North London's red. So, Indeed. Indeed. You were nearly... Yeah, I'm all right. I mean, you were nearly late. You were nearly doing an orbit and I was going to pick you off and, and do it solo. But you, you made it. So it's all good. It's all right, good. If anyone can sympathise with Aubameyang, it's me. Um I'm not good at timekeeping, am I? Not great, mate. You'll be late to your own funeral. But, uh, you know, let's hope you have to worry about that for a while. What happened with the finger, just out of interest? I'm intrigued. Uh, well, look, I work with um, very sharp knives. And uh, I just, I was in an awkward position that I shouldn't have been in. And I slipped and just cut the tip off. It so, got the better of you. Yeah. Yeah. Bad times. Um, uh, yeah, I'm I'm good. I mean, obviously the the North London derby, uh, which we'll, we'll we'll come on to in a second. But um, I, I very nearly missed it, and that would have been shocking. A because we do a podcast, and B it's the North London derby. Um, um, I had my dad over, who's a builder, and he was building a, a, a garden wall for me, all socially distant. Don't worry, people. And I, you know, almost like I'm grateful you're doing this, but any chance you could hurry up because I've got you know a football match to watch, and he's not a football man, so he'd be like, what? So, uh, yeah, yeah, nearly a nightmare, but all good. It's all good. Let's not worry. Uh, right, listeners, uh, please take a minute to subscribe to our podcast, uh, either here on YouTube, if you're watching there, or on the podcast app that you may be listening to this episode on. And uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram too. Diddly, what is that social media handle that they need to look for? It's at Blast Arsenal Pod. It is indeed. Thank you, my friend. Come now, get, we say involved. This, get involved. Well, you took the words out of my mouth. We say we say this every week, but we want this to be an interactive show. So please yeah. get involved. Leave us a comment or a question in the box below. And obviously we'll respond as best as we can. Give out unqualified advice, I think they call it diddly. Um, and we've got plenty of that, haven't we? Yeah. Oh, yeah. In abundance. Um, in abundance. Uh, and on this, that... This show is only... Sorry, this show's no, only half as good, um, you know, without the interaction and the questions from the listeners. So keep it coming. So get involved. Get involved. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. Um, obviously, lots to talk about again this week. Main topic of conversation is clearly going to be the North London derby. Uh, we've also got Olympiacos midweek and we've got the West Ham game at the weekend. So really big week for us. Uh, but before we start all that, of course, it's where we always start. It's Tweet of the Week. So, Diddly, do your thing. Tweet of the Week. Tweet of the Week. Tweet of the Week. Brilliant. Thank you. 
So, Tweet of the Week, just for anyone that's still not familiar with the concept, we see a lot of tweets over the course of a week. Um, some accounts that we follow, some of uh, the accounts that we follow retweet stuff. They're just random bits and bobs that, that come across our timeline. Uh, and Tweet of the Week is, you know, us finding something that we think is particularly good and we give it a shout out. This week, obviously, we're again with the North London Derby, the Olympiacos win. It's been a lot of good stuff, hasn't there? A lot, a lot. It's probably been the hardest uh, week, hasn't it, to to narrow it down to just one. So we've got quite it a few has. to read out. Right? Yeah, I've got quite a few to read out, and we will come to an eventual yeah. winner. Do you want to do you want to read out what you've got? I mean, I mean, just today. I mean, phenomenal. But obviously, because of what happened yesterday, and um, the fact that there was some absolute idiotic moments on TV from certain pundits as well. Um, certainly. Uh, Helped the cause, didn't it? Yeah, it did indeed. It did. Salty, salty tears. Salty, yeah. <laughs> what uh, what tweet have you got for us? Is he saying, mate? Do you want some vinegar with that, genus? Or... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, oh god, what an idiot. Anyway, anyway, we won't let him derail our show. Um, what tweets have you got that you want to read out as part of tweet of the week? So I've got one from Louise Quinn. Uh, at Louise Quinn for who actually <laughs> she plays for Arsenal. Uh, deserve win for the Arsenal, but wow, they make you sweat. The block off the line from Gabriel just as good as scoring a goal, if you ask me. Yeah, important block, important block. Important. We'll come on to that, of course. Um, what else have you got for us? You got another one? Yeah, I've got one from Aaron West at Oeste. And he says, um, Kieran Tierney plays like John Stockton. For those of you that aren't aware, John Stockton was an NBA basketball player. Is that right? Do you know? Of course I, not? I don't know. I think he was. Man. Just sourcing MFSs <laughs> with middle-aged dad moves. They can't even process that a dude with his shorts at his navel is doing these things to them. I guess you have to be a basketball fan to appreciate that one, do you? You're like yeah. a really tall guy, I suppose. Um, I've got a couple here. I've got, so, you know, Vinicius Jr. plays for Real Madrid. And uh, he put a tweet out that says, 1% chance, 99% faith. And at Not Your Winger, also known as Seb, put David Luiz when taking Arsenal free kicks. Because <laughs> his, uh, his, his shot to goal ratio is awful. In fact, I don't think he scored a free kick for, it yet, as, uh, for Arsenal yet, as in. He's had about 58 shots. No, I don't think he has. Uh, and then the other two, uh, this one was was particularly good. It's This one's from <laughs> Emperor Bumblewank. <laughs> great name. And, yeah, great name. I mean, he could win it just on that alone. But he's put, oh, my God, this is the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen from a pundit at Jermaine Janus. He's so wound up by the result. He actually went on TV wearing all of his medals. Laugh my ass off. So small time. And of course, it's a still shot of Janus on uh, on match of the day doing his punditry, wearing just a plain shirt with no medals on it, which is harsh. I think he did win the uh, the League Cup, but either way, that was hilarious. Yeah, that, that one doesn't count. <laughs> nah, nothing, nothing trophy that. Uh, and finally, the last one I've got is from at Arsenal Mo Eight. Uh, and it says, breaking. Reports coming out of Tottenham that Mourinho has fined Harry Kane for turning up 80 minutes late for the derby against Arsenal yesterday. 
Yeah, he was very quiet. He was. He was. So, so some good tweets there, but who's going to win Tweet of the Week, Diddley? Now, I do like that Jermaine Genus one. I am a fan of that as well. So, yeah. uh, it's a good name, Emperor Bumblewank. I mean, you don't get many of those. <laughs> about that, yeah. Yeah, We're going with that. Tweet of the week. Yeah, Emperor, you are tweet of the week. Well done. We will shout you out on Twitter. Bravo. Yeah, keep your uh, keep your your wit coming across our timeline. There's some great stuff that we do see. Okay, Diddy. Obviously, we'll get into the North London Derby in a second, but um, you know, important period of uh, the season at the moment because as we approach the um, the final running. Uh, you know, we've got players that are out on loan and we want to we want to get an update on how well they're doing because they could still play an important part of Arsenal's future. Um, yeah. So have you got a bit of a loan update for us? I sure have, mate. So this weekend saw William Saliba play 90 minutes for Nice in a 1-1 um, draw with Lorient. Uh, William Saliba playing week in, week out. Valuable experience. Um yeah, they've got to be regretting not not getting that done at the start of the season if they if mm. he wasn't going to be included in the squad, yeah. don't you think? Yeah, big time. I think he'll. It, I really hope this is helping him to develop in the way that he needs to, but also for us to get the benefit of the loan. You know, the fact that he's going out and playing regular football. Um, you know, I hope that he can make the step up, come back, and I guess arguably be one of our starting centre backs next season. That's the plan, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. And I think uh, it's a good club for him to be at, actually. And uh, he's having to sort of step up and be the main man at the back. Mm. And for someone that he's, you know, he's only 19, for someone that age to, to be doing that and having that sort of experience rather than be the young lad at Arsenal. You know, yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't watch... French football, I make no bones about that. I don't watch French okay. football, but I do hear lots of glowing reports about him. Um, and was he nominated for... I oh, know, sorry, it wasn't him. It was Mavropanos, who I'm sure you're going to come on to. But um, anyway, I, I keep hearing good things about him and I hope that, that that plays to our advantage over the you know the course of the summer and into next season. Yeah. Um, yeah, so next one, another player to uh, play the full game is Dinos Mavropanos. Oh, timely. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's in good form this season, um, getting really good reviews. I was very doubtful that he would have a future at Arsenal, I have to be honest. Um, who knows? What, what do you think? I know Sven Mislintat was recently quoted as um, uh, questioning Arteta's you know, reason for sending him out on loan and yeah. various other things, um, which we won't get into. but. No, it's a tough one. I mean, look, let's let's cut to the chase. He came here as an inexperienced young Greek defender, um, you know, plucked out of obscurity. If we're going to be respectful, but but honest, um, and and by Sven himself. So I guess he's got a bit of a vested interest to say, yeah, of course he's a great player. I yeah. picked him, um, but at the same time, uh, I rudely interrupted you before. Uh, he has been nominated i don't know if he won but he was nominated for like uh defender of the the week basically or or might be defender of the yeah, month they call, they call it something different I over think, there is it i think he got voted rookie of the month so that's like not just the defenders uh oh, right okay across, across the board of, of yeah. players yeah um so again 
could be another good decision to send him out on loan, get him the experience. Look, let's, yeah. let's be honest. If he'd have been playing for Arsenal and, and in a in a team that was low on confidence, not doing well, Arteta would have got slated. Why are you playing him? You should have sent him out on loan, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't think we'd have been any better off with him in the team. Um, and so, again, quite pleased that he's doing well uh, on, on loan and hopefully we'll get the benefit of that one too. Yeah, look, worst case scenario is uh, if he's not part of Arteta's plans next season, he's either loaned out again or, you know, he's had such a good season that he commands a decent fee in the summer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, mm. uh, no, long may that one continue. That's good. Uh, Joe Willock played the full 90 minutes for Newcastle, again in a 1-1 draw, this time with uh, Aston Villa. Um, six start, I think, in a row for him. So, he's been doing all right, not pulling up trees. Uh, it's difficult when you're at a club, I think, that are so low down in the in the division. Um but yeah, Joe's Joe's a good player. He's doing okay. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I think Newcastle is not a particularly creative team. So you you look at it with with sort of two two minds really, don't you? One is in a team that doesn't create a lot, so that's his opportunity to be the creator. And then the other side of it that says, uh, if you're in a team that doesn't create a lot, are you going to have much chance to be the creator because you're always defending or you're always um, you know trying to hit on the counter? It's good that he's getting first-team football. I just wonder if it's the right team for him, if I'm honest. Um, I don't know. I mean, what what do our listeners think? You know, if anyone that's, that's watching has got a particular view on any of our loan players and whether they'll make it at uh, Arsenal, drop us a, a comment and let us know. But um, again, here I hear sort of mixed, mixed, mixed views and mixed reviews on um, Joe Willock uh, mm. and whether he'll, he'll cut it at Arsenal. But like you said... Youth player, if he does, then fantastic. We benefit. If he doesn't, then fantastic. We get some money for him. Uh, so, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Another one, uh, in a similar situation. Ainsley Maitland Niles played the full match again, uh, starting for West Brom uh, in their 1 0 loss to Crystal Palace. Uh, I've got to be honest, I haven't seen much of. Uh, Ainsley uh, and West Brom as, so I don't really know if he's doing well or not I mean they haven't been doing well have they so no I can't no. imagine uh, I think again it's another situation where you're in a team that's not doing great how how can you express yourself when you're always on the back foot I guess you know and again good that he's getting game time but is he going to get the quality of game time um, to really showcase his talent I mean this is his opportunity to take a claim in the Arsenal midfield by performing well at West Brom. And if he's not really going to have, you know, the right dynamics around him to really prove himself in that respect, then we said it before, I don't really see uh don't really see an opportunity for for him coming back in mm. midfield or even at right back, given, you know, we've been linked with Lamperty this weekend. Uh Cedric played well yesterday. Yeah. Um so I don't know. It's interesting, isn't it? And, and again, I don't know if it's because of the way our team is set up and maybe where where we have strength in our team, but Joe Willock and uh, Maitland-Niles are both midfielders, yet we're not too sure they're going to cut it. And yet we look at Saliba and um, Mavropanos, both who are very young, both also on loan, but abroad, but both defenders. And you think, well, yeah, that is kind of our problem area. So they've got more of a problem area, but, you know, the, an area where they could stake a claim. Um 
central midfield it's it's probably one of the hardest positions to to come into a team yeah yeah and especially when you think party's got to be our number one midfielder isn't yeah. he um and so to stake a claim next to him probably don't have to do that much you know but at the same time would put would putting Willock or putting Ainsley Maitland-Niles into that position ahead of Xhaka, for example, improve it? Not for yeah. me. That would be any better or any worse, you know, on par. Uh, so if we can get another quality midfielder, that will really help. In defence, it's kind of open, isn't it? That Certainly that right-sided centre-back role is very open because on the left you've got uh, Pablo Mari and, and Gabriel. So, yeah, we'll see. Any others of note? Just get through a last couple of these. Um, Go for it. Matt Smith, FA Cup winner. Matt Smith played uh, 38 <laughs> minutes in Charlton's 1-1 one, one, one draw versus Shrewsbury on Saturday. Um, yeah. You know, he, he was previously on loan at Swindon. He's gone to Charlton, not getting as much game time there. Um, but, you know, he, he's Both a good... An FA Cup, so, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, Daniel Ballard, another one. He's on loan. He played the full match for Blackpool. And anyone else? Say a class match we don't really care about, but they they got hammered. I don't know if you saw that. Schalke, they lost Yeah, I was going to say, um, say, not, not out yeah, on loan, but an honourable mention for the wrong reasons. Go on. Yeah, so former gunner. Scott Drummond Staffy scored a lone goal and uh, had a hand in an error that led to a goal as well. Um, yeah. Two hands, hand usually, because this is what he tends to do, isn't it? He tends to put his hands up, look around, go, oh, it wasn't me. What? Where, where yeah. was everyone? Ah. So, yeah, he's, uh, he's uh, certainly hit the ground, not running there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were thinking they're lucky I think. Yeah, he's not yeah, had yeah. good players around him to sort of make him look all right, has he? And I think um, he's suffering big time. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I was just gonna say, Shaka must be rubbing their hands at the fact it's only a six month contract that they've uh, signed themselves up to because you know yeah. if they survive, um, you wonder whether they'll they'll keep him or not. But no, not our problem. Um, so there we go. Thank you for that, Diddley. Now, before we move on to the North London Derby review, uh, new feature that you brought to us last week that you want to go through for round two. Yeah, you want to do that now? Let's do it. Let's do it now. Come on. Let's do it now. Let's find out if you're wrong or you're right, right, right. (laughs) I'm I'm not going to sing it. No, don't worry, mate. Don't worry. All right. Explain the concept of this little okay. quiz. I've got four facts about Ian Wright. Three of them are true and one of them's not. You have to guess which one is wrong. Or rather, okay. yeah. One of them is wrong. Oh, sorry, three of them are wrong and one of them yeah. is right, right, right. Okay. So this uh, this week, uh, it's based around hat tricks. Just because... Just, uh, he scored a lot of hat tricks. So, first one, he scored five league hat tricks in the Premier League. Sorry, five Premier League hat tricks. Okay, thank you. Uh, he scored his first hat trick in the Premier League. Sorry, I've read that wrong. He scored <laughs> the. 
I'll start again. He scored the first hat trick in the Premier League. Okay. All right. He scored 11 hat tricks in all competitions for Arsenal. He scored hat trick home and away versus against the same team and was the only player to do so for Arsenal until someone else did it. Okay. It's quite a tricky one because all of them could be right, right, right. Uh, but you know what? I'm going to take a stab in the dark. Uh, could you read the second one to me again, please, Diddley? Yeah, sure. He scored the first Premier League hat trick. Yeah, I think it's that one that's wrong. I've got mm. a feeling it's probably someone like Robbie Fowler. Or maybe not, but probably earlier than him. You're correct. That, that is the wrong one. That is the wrong fact. Yay. <laughs> but do you know who? I do know who. Go it's on. Eric Cantona. Scored oh, was it really? Yeah. Scumbag. Yeah. According to Wikipedia. Oh, yeah, the fountain of all knowledge. Good. Oh, well, thanks for that, mate. I'm glad I got that one right. It makes me feel a bit better about myself. Um, yeah, the other one, the fourth one, scored hat-tricks home and away against Southampton uh, in the same season. Adebayor was... Uh, the other player, and he was the first player in the Premier League to do that. Impressive. He was. He was a goal machine, obviously, as the stats speak for themselves. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Very good. Very so good. That. Right. That's that. Well Thank you very much. There you go. That's the one that was wrong. And I got it right, so that makes me feel good. Okay, let's look at uh, Arsenal v Spurs. 2-1 win yesterday. Our first North London derby win since December 2018. That was a mad stat. When I saw that, I couldn't believe it. Um, obviously, Spurs edged ahead. Um, but Spurs have dropped 45 points from winning positions against Arsenal, which is the most of any team against a single opponent in Premier League history. So clearly, we've got into their head pre-match. So Spursy. Uh, that is very Spursy. Yeah, you don't get a, you know, a nickname like that for, for no reason. Um Obviously, we'll go into the detail in a moment. What's your, your what was your initial kind of feelings? A going into the game, um, and just generally, you know, of the game. Going into the game, I was I was quite nervous, mm. um, and not very confident at all. Really, um, they sort of recently had an upturn in form, and you know, Bale had started scoring. And the lineup suggested that they were going to be sort of on the front foot and quite attacking, but it was non-existent in the end, wasn't it, really, until the last yeah. 10 minutes? I'm not sure any Mourinho team has a front foot, to be honest, but <laughs> I get your point. <laughs> well, I just I felt with, with Bale starting the game and um, Kane and Son, and then them going for a midfield of Ndombele and... and um, Who's the other one? I can't remember now. Uh, let's have a look. Who started for them? Oh, Hoiberg, of course. Hoiberg. Yeah, it wasn't overly defensive. Um, you know, usually they have either Sissoko in there or, or Dyer or Winks, someone like that. And 
what about you? What did you think of the um the game? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, pre-match I was um I, you know, I wasn't full of confidence, I'll be honest. I had the same trepidation as you, in as much as well, they're on a good run and we're we're not on a particularly good one. Um, especially as we'd had was it Burnley the the last league match before, obviously, you know, stung by Vaya again. Uh, left a bit of a sour taste in our mouths and no doubt with the players. But there was that morale-boosting victory midweek against Olympiacos. And I wonder whether that was a bit of a mindset that changed the tone for the team. Um, you know, if that had maybe not gone our way, maybe we'd have gone into it feeling a little bit different. But nevertheless, I still felt nervous about, about the game. And you always do with the North London derby. And I know they say the cliche, anything can happen, form goes out the window, blah, blah, blah. Um, but uh, yeah, I was nervous going going into that game. Then, of course, big news, the lineup comes out. Yeah. Uh, and that always puts uh, sort of either a level of confidence in into you as a, um, as a supporter or absolute fear, you know, when you see certain names on the uh on the lineup so i'll just run through the lineup real quickly burnt leno um we had suarez as right back and kieran tierney at left back uh, in the middle we had david louise and gabrielle uh, we then had a Xhaka and party middle with uh, bakayo saka martin odegaard and uh, emil smith Rowe playing on the left um with alex lacazette up front so where was orba and did Lee? I mean, he must have. Uh, he must have the same watch as me. <laughs> yeah. He must have. Um, London so, traffic, yeah. apparently. Yeah, there, there are the rumours that he turned up late, um, not for the first time. Arteta's um, made an example of him in a in a way. Uh, whether he needed to come out publicly with it. Um, as, as to the reason why he wasn't in the lineup, especially before the game, uh, I don't know if that was necessary. Um, what did you think about how he handled it? Doesn't bother me. I think Doesn't when he came in, no, when he came in from day one, he set his um standard, didn't he? Mm. Set the benchmark. There are non negotiables which you kind of become famous for, um, and that all stemmed from work ethic and attitude. Um, and so when you're the captain, the captain is the uh, segue, if you like, between the players and the manager. And you're a representation of the manager in the changing room, on the field, you know. You need to be barking orders. You need to be setting those non-negotiable standards. Bad enough that he was late on a North London derby. Bad that if rumours are, are to be believed, it's not the first time that this has happened either. And, and I've said quite a few times. To me, he's not captain material. I know that there's some that bark. I know that there's some that show on the pitch, look, this is how we do it. But if you're not even doing the basics right, turning up on time and setting that sort of standard. And mm. um, I think I may have put it in a tweet. Would you have seen Kier uh, Kieran Tierney? Would you have seen, uh, well, would you have seen Kieran Tierney being late? I don't know. Would you have seen Tony Adams or uh, Vieira or Thierry Henry turning up late all the time? I don't think you would have. Um, and that's just me. You know, Better than anyone, I'm a stickler for um, for lateness. I'm I'm the annoying guy that turns up early to stuff, even when I don't need to. You know, uh, so I, yeah, yeah. It, it was 
it was annoying. But in terms of how Arteta dealt with it, if he'd have made some bullshit excuse as to why Orba wasn't playing, he'd have looked weak internally, I think, to the changing rooms. You know? He, he, mm. I know people say, keep your dirty laundry inside, etc. But to me, it would have looked like he'd gone to Orba and said, you're not starting. You haven't turned up. Not good enough. You're on the bench. And then to a reporter gone, uh, yeah, he's, he's you know got a sore calf or something. I don't know, make up some bullshit story. I think it would have undermined his own um, position and uh, standard that he'd set internally. So I'm kind of glad that he's outed him as well because it's a bit of a, you might be the captain, but I don't care. Whoever you are, you still need to play to this to this level. I guess it didn't backfire because we won. If we hadn't had won, you could argue would that have been, uh, you know, a PR disaster, but in the end, it worked out all right. So, okay, so scenario we didn't win yesterday. Um, obviously, Aubameyang's wrong for for doing what he did and turning up late. Um, Arteta makes the call. Who's who's it? Who's to blame here? Is it so? so would it be solely on Aubameyang because he let the team down because he's not followed the rules and or is it Arteta so. for the, the decision? I, I think players are professional and when you spend a whole week planning a game plan, it shouldn't matter really external factors. You know that you need to be you know, marking a certain player or making a certain run or, or, or whatever. But I think when something like the captain doesn't get picked and he's fit and you can't understand why, it, it does. It, it disrupts the team. You know, it changes changes things, doesn't it? You know, it's a bit like when you were at school and a kid hadn't turned up for a day. You go, oh, where's, where's little Johnny gone? Oh, I can't see him. I can't see him. You know, it's just, it's a similar sort of thing. Oh, it's a bad analogy, but it's a similar sort of thing. I think where you notice these things and it, it just disrupts the the flow and the, the the harmony of the group. So, look, it sounds like it's all been dealt with, and you know, move on to the next game. In a weird sort of way, he's going to be fresh for Olympiacos on Thursday. So, um, you know, I guess, well, I think we need to get the job done. I know it's still 3-1. We've got the away goals. And obviously, we'll come yeah, on to that yeah. shortly. But I think he'll still start him. There's no reason not to. Um, so, look, it all works out well in the end and and happy days. But uh, let's get into the, the match because there were plenty of incidents in the match, let alone before the match, that, um, you know, we, we should probably cover. So, uh, where do you want to start? Because the big one for me is... Uh, Straight from the off, we looked like we were a team possessed, you know, really yeah. clear instructions on how to play. And as I said before, Spurs don't look like they have another foot or a front foot. They were a shell of the team that had been playing recently. Almost, in my mind, the, the, the way they played and certainly started the game is as if they were playing, you know, prime Real Madrid, you know, full of Galacticos instead of 10th place Arsenal from up the road. Um but yeah, beforehand, you know, I I thought that they would look like they might come and have a go at us, um, knowing full well that we've got mistakes in us at the back, especially. But look, I my notes I wrote first five minutes on top, total possession, total control, cross that out, first ten minutes, cross that out, first fifteen minutes. I mean it, we were completely dominant. I thought um, Louise and Gabriel were doing brilliant uh, balls over the top of the fullback. Um, 
Emil Smith Rowe on the left was out of position for him, you know, but I thought he was superb. Um, do you think his inclusion was because obviously he's a good player, but mm. do you think having someone on the left hand side that could come in inside on onto the right? Uh, coming centrally to allow Kieran Tierney to to overlap was a tactical decision, or yeah, absolutely. He, yeah, he, executed, so too. he executed it so well, and on more than one occasion, those two links up brilliantly. And if you'd, yeah, have asked me before the game, if you'd have asked me before the game, oh, what would you think about Smith Rowe playing on the left? I'd have gone oh, it's a bit square peg round hole, isn't it? You know, he's, he's better as a central attacking midfielder, clearly. You'd think the way he played, though, that that's his usual position. It was brilliant. Yeah. He didn't give, you know, Doherty five minutes piece, him and, and Tierney together. And they worked it so well, as you say, because one would overlap, meaning two defenders would go with him and it created a gap going inwards or, or the other way around. It was just fantastic. And um, I feel like our left side is so strong. I, I just wish we could replicate it sometimes on the right, um, which we'll, we'll come on to in a second. But on, on Smith Rowe in particular, it was fantastic. And obviously 25 yards out, first 15 minutes, nearly got his first North London derby goal and his first North London derby. Uh, hits mm. the crossbar, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, lots of good passing. I thought um, Thomas Party. I mean, one-touch passing. It, it was... That's something... Um, you know, if Shaka could add that to his game, which he can't, um, which is probably why we need to do what well, <laughs> need to think about. It's true, but it just sounds funny. Yeah, yeah, I wish you could do yeah, it, but you can't. You're right, you know, he can't. We'd be such a better team if, if we had a granite Shaka that could play one touch football rather than two, three touch football. Um and party just he was superb at it for for eighty minutes at least. Um yeah. until he uh, Last 10 minutes, he looked a bit tired, shaky, giving silly fouls away. But yeah, yeah, I mean, he was not 100% fit, can't you? You can see he's not. Yeah, um, I think it's him. He, he's involved. Uh, the ball falls to Neil Smith Road. It's it's an absolute thunderbolt off the bar. And we were pushing and pushing. It, it just looked like a matter of time before we scored. Yeah, yeah, um, you know, KT and Emil Smith Rowe again combining down the left, set up Lacazette. Um he pokes it wide, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he's he, got uh, I guess he, he uh pre prior to the game thought probably not starting and uh, not yeah. playing. Um he looked out of sorts. I thought he gave a good account of himself, but when it came down to it. Um, maybe could have done a bit better with these sort of half chances. What did you think about that? Same, same. Um, yeah. um, well, to be honest, once we'd hit the bar with Emil Smith Rowe, and then Lacazette missed that chance, and we were getting a couple of chances down that left side that kept sort of cutting yeah. back a bit like the Odegaard goal that we eventually got and we'll come on to. But when, when Lacazette missed that one, I thought, oh, come on, guys, don't let it be one of those games where we create lots and don't put anything away because of poor finishing. Um, and of course, not long after that, they took the lead. And, and at that point, I did think, you know, I think it was about five minutes later or something like that. I was thinking, oh, come on, guys, please, you know, A, don't miss these chances, and B, great, they've just scored, you know, tearing your hair out, aren't you? 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'll tear my hair out anyway. And, uh, Alan, Alan Smith um, on the commentary said, you know, this is a bit like uh, the rope I don't know if you're familiar with that in boxing. Um, where some uh, Muhammad Ali did it, um, he was he was famous for it. Where you just take a load of punches against the ropes um, until your opponent wears down and he and becomes tired, and then then you knock him out. A bit like Rocky. For me, I I found that a strange comment just because. I could understand what he was trying to say, you know, Arsenal having all these chances and they're going to get hit with a sucker punch. But in football, it doesn't really work that way, does it? Because if you've got all the ball, it, it's them that are tired, the other team, because they're yeah, running they're around trying yeah. to get it back. Um, so that didn't make sense. And I wrote that down as uh, something to say. To say. And, and then obviously we were hit with a sucker punch and I was like, oh, okay. What did you make of that goal? Um, you go. Credit you, you know, due. Well, or look, it's Eric. I, well, you're sort of just going to say, take the player out of it for a second, because I don't know about you, but for some reason, I absolutely detest Eric Lamella. I think, I, I think, I think most just, Arsenal fans do. Don't yeah, they? and I'm not really sure why, because it's not like. You know, there's another player that I don't particularly like, which is Jesse Lingard. But I, I hate him because he always seems to do well against us, but shit against most other teams. And I hate that about him. It's like, why turn up to us? Give us all the big vibes, you know, etc. But Eric Lamella's got nothing, you know. He's always just been an average player in my eyes. Lots of trickery, but no no real end product. Obviously, it's not the first time he scored a Rabona goal because he's done it in the Europa League. Um, so I almost take my emotion out of that it's a brilliant goal, you know. If if one of our guys had done it, if uh, Emma Smith Rowe had done it, if Odegaard had done it, whoever, you'd be like, oh wow, unbelievable! Can't you know, fantastic. And the fact that he controls it, it's almost like a, uh, a golfer putting it into the corner uh, of the uh, of, of the net, really, because it was low. It was kind of not particularly powerful, I don't think, but just very measured. And I don't know if Leno didn't see it because it went through Party's legs. So look, emotion aside. A brilliant goal, but it was Eric Lamella, and uh, he's just a cock. So. Yeah, it, it, it was a good piece of improvisation. Uh, there's an element of luck to it. I mean, it, like you said, it goes through Party's legs. There's a couple of other sort of defenders in in the way of Leno. Does he see it too late to to get anywhere near it? It is what it is. It's not. That is certainly not um, the greatest goal I've ever seen in the Premier League, Jamie Redknapp. No, no. Um, and it's hard, you know, I get when you've played for a club, you do have kind of a loyalty to them. But when you're a pundit, you have to remain as impartial as you can. And Christ, some of them this weekend must have been watching it with rose-tinted glasses on because it was shocking. Mm. But you know, that's a, that's another issue. So, look, the goal was good. Is there probably a one in a thousand chance of it going in? Because, A, how often does that happen? You know, that someone actually has a Rabona shot. And if they do, how often is it that they score? Not very. I took solace, though, from the fact that because we won the game, that's just going to be some great goal on a top 50 Spurs goals DVD, <laughs> um, as opposed to... <laughs> I love a DVD, that club, as opposed to um, 
goal of the season or, oh, that time we beat Arsenal with that fantastic goal. You know, yeah. because Spurs do seem to score particularly good goals against us, don't they? You think David Bentley was at halfway line. You think, um, uh, gosh, no, Danny Rose scored a bit of a blinder from outside the box against Chesney, etc., etc. But, you know, they've still not won a trophy for a long time. So you kind of have to weigh it up and, and think, great goal, but I'm not, you know, I'm not that first in the end. Um, so anyway, look, yeah. it is what yeah. it is. They don't tend to um, to beat us at home either at the Emirates. I, I, I don't think they've beaten us at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I think I'm right? sure they have beaten us. I'm sure they have beaten us at the Emirates. I can't I can't remember to be honest. But uh, either way, the goal went in. It is what it is. And um, you know, at the end, luckily it didn't count for much. What were your thoughts at that point, though? Because obviously, going back to what we were just talking about, you know, we've had a couple of good opportunities. We've not taken our chance. This is the first shot they have on on, on target in the game, and they score. Were you of the mindset of that's it? We're going to fold like a pack of cards, and it's all going to fall apart. Or were you confident that we'd seen enough of Arsenal during the game that they were actually going to continue with the domination, and, and it will come to fruition shortly? I had concerns because obviously it's a Mourinho side that, um, you know, they're the worst sort of teams you, you don't want to be one nil down against because um, they just soak it up and hit you on the counter. But to be fair to this Arsenal team, I think um, when we have gone behind, we've we've shown a good account of ourselves recently. And yeah. Getting that goal before half time was essential. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just before that goal, there was a couple of other opportunities for us, weren't there? Because um, I don't know if you remember, 36 minutes, it was a cross from Emerson Smithrow again on that left hand side. It comes to Lacazette in the six yard box. He's literally on the, the six yard spot and he dummies it and it, it goes to nobody. Um, and it was like, why have you left that? Someone said, leave it, you know, mine or whatever. But he steps over it. And I don't know if he's anticipating somebody's behind him. Eventually, it sort of makes its way to uh, Cedric. And he runs onto it. And then again, smacks the post. And you think, oh, it's just going to be one of those games for us, isn't it? Yeah, it wasn't. Um, I don't know what Lacazette was doing. Um, dummy in that, to be fair. <laughs> Do you think he got a shout? Uh, well, if you did, I don't know who by. Now, what, you know, I, I don't know if you've done this before because you played football. You have a bit of a um, you have a bit of a cheeky one, don't you? You know, you say leave it if it's coming to you, and it's uh, uh, it, it. What's the word? If the ball's intended for the man that you're marking, for example, and you say leave it, and he he drops it to you, doesn't he? Um, I don't think you can do that in professional football, though. That you get yellow carded for for that, or, or the ball goes to the other the other team. I don't know, but. Either way, don't know. Yeah, Mate, either way, I don't no know. Yeah, either way. No chance I would have left it. No chance you'd have left it. No, no doubt. No, 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 not for anyone else, no. Um, but look, it does come to Cedric and he, he smashes it against the post. Um, now, you, you know I love a stat, so I've got one for you, right? Only one team has hit the woodwork more times than Arsenal this season. And I'll tell you which team and how many in a second. But how many times do you think Arsenal have hit the woodwork this season? Bear in mind, we're second in the league in terms of hitting the woodwork. Yeah. don't know, 16? On the money, mate. 16 is the answer. 
West Ham with 18 have, have hit the, the woodwork more times than us. That's unbelievable. I genuinely didn't know that. It was a guess. No, um, that was a good guess. Yeah, 16. So yeah. I, I know that's it's a bit of a double-sided argument, this, isn't it? Because I don't have the stats for how many times have the opponents hit the post against us. But that's sure. that you know, that's that's um result changing numbers, isn't it? You know, 16 Thank times you, you hit yeah. the woodwork, you, you could pick up a draw or wins or whatever, and then that shoots you straight up the, the league. Um West Ham have got 18, and obviously we've got them at the weekend. So I expect a, a drab nil-nil, given that we're best best at hitting the woodwork. But so uh so there we go. So we had that opportunity. Obviously, didn't come to anything, but then as you say, just before half time, we get the all-important equalizer. Uh talk us through that. What happens there? I don't know. Kieran Tierney down the left, superb again. Um, this time easily beating his man. I, I can't quite remember. Was it was it Doherty or yeah, not for the first time, but yeah, no. Um, of course, Arsenal fan Matt, Matt Doherty, and yeah. Um, yeah, pulls it back for Odegaard, um, who scuffed one midweek against Olympiacos from from the similar sort of position, but this time. With a little help from a deflection, um, beat Hugo Lloris. Yeah. Yeah. And I was chuffed. I was, uh, you know, you score a goal in the, in the North London derby and that's it. Hero forever. Yeah, well, exactly. He'll be like the, you know, if, if he does nothing else with Arsenal, he'll be like the Kim Kalsher and Wayne, where, you know, he's remembered for only one thing and it, it will be that. Um I do you know the thing that I was most pleased about? Yeah, you're right. He did scuff one in midweek against. Um, he did scuff one midweek against uh, Olympiacos, but he scored from long range. But you know, as an attacking midfielder, yes, you're there to create, but also you're you're there to add goals as well. And I think the fact that he is in the position, you know, in the position to score these goals yeah. is the important thing. You know, um, so I was really pleased for him. And I think he's, do you know what? I think he's really enjoying his time at Arsenal. He says some really good things about um, the club, um, about the team, about the manager. Mm. You know, it's not inconceivable to think that as, as great as a club Real Madrid is, you know, will he make it there, I guess is what I'm saying. And at what point does he say, I'm fed up of all the loans, I want to go somewhere. Could you see him? Staying at Arsenal. I mean, again, appreciating it's still very early into his Arsenal career. It is but... early, yeah, it is early. Um, based on what I've seen, I feel like he's making all the right noises about wanting to stay. Maybe potentially, um, as our part, I'm I'm not sure. Um, you know, there's there's still a few games left. I, th I guess it just depends what um, other players are available for the right price. We certainly need someone like that in, in the squad. Whether we go back for someone else or, or we or we look somewhere else, I don't know. Um, but at the minute, it's... He's he's looking he's looking good. Yeah, his his movement off the ball is fantastic, but actually his movement with the ball and his ball control 
is brilliant. You know, the, the way he moves it so quickly from one foot to the other, the way that he can dribble past players. And he said uh, in an interview, I'm sure I, I saw recently, that actually his idol growing up was Fabregas. Um, mm. And I can see that. I can see that in his game in a way. You know, he's tried to model his his style of play on, on Fabregas. Um, he's that type of player with, with and without the ball. So um, my concern, if I'm honest, was are we trying to squeeze him into that uh, attacking midfield position, that number 10 position, at the expense of Emil Smith-Rowe? But with, with Smith-Rowe performing as well as he has done this weekend, you know, there's an argument to say that you can fit them both into the team. Mm. Um, and then, again, another player with versatility that you can play him in the middle, you can play him on the left. If, if Odegaard's not about and longer term, we don't end up keeping in. I don't know. So, yeah, I was pleased that he scored and a uh, long way to go yet yeah, in terms of the season, uh, in terms of games that he needs to prove himself in. But I wouldn't be against at this early stage having uh, having him back on a, another loan or the opportunity to buy him. Uh, but he's certainly the mould of player, I think, that we need. Okay, good. So that, that got us to half time. Interesting half-time sub, and we've not spoken about him at all yet, but Saka came off and Pepe came on. What were your thoughts when you saw that? Were you concerned? Because I didn't think he had his most effective half of football for Arsenal. No, he looked jaded. I thought he looked tired. He looked off the pace, didn't look himself. He's probably played one too many games. Uh, it was only a matter of time, I think, before something like this happens. I'm just glad that it's not gone off with an injury yeah and it was more it, it was tactical and tactical yeah tactical decision to 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 make uh bringing pepe on um gave us a bit more energy down the right i thought um i think you could probably rest Saka in the week as well um and have him fresh for next weekend yeah Against West Ham. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he had the tougher of the um, the wingers, I guess, didn't he? Because, as I say, Doherty had an awful game and Kieran Tierney and, and Smith Rowe had him in his pocket. The Spurs' left side is actually quite good, dare I say it, because um, their left-back, Reguillon, I think his name is, he's actually a decent player, albeit he didn't get forward enough to really put any decent crosses in. Um, but he is a good a good player. So, um, you know, did, did Saka sort of with his fatigue and, and inability to, to really penetrate past him, have that much of an opportunity to influence the game from that side? Not sure. And obviously uh, Son went off after 19 minutes. So uh, that helped us as well. So I think with, with that change at half time, fresh, eager Pepe coming on, it worked well for us, but it, yeah, something wasn't right. I don't know what it was. Like you say, is it just tiredness or or tactical? I'm not sure. But something wasn't something wasn't happening for Saka in that game. And you can't be brilliant in every game, can you? You know, sometimes it just doesn't work that way, does it? No, you can't, especially at that age. I think there's bound to be you know, some inconsistencies somewhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, I mean, he's been fantastic this season, and yeah, due rest. Yeah, exactly. And as you say, if they leave him out for Olympiacos, he can be fresh yeah, for West yeah. Ham. And I, I think they should. And I think there's enough in the squad to, to deal with Olympiacos and give him a rest, you know. Um, yeah. You've got Pepe, Rian, et cetera. 
Yeah. To come so, in and do the job. Indeed. Um, so first real major controversial point of the game, 61 minutes, penalty to Arsenal. Pepe plays a great through ball to Lacazette after Howler from um, uh, Hugh Lloris. Um, Lacazette, obviously the big talking point of the weekend, really, isn't it? More so than the red card will come on to. But Lacazette goes for the ball, kind of slices, air shots his, his attempt, um, and he's taken out by Sanchez, um, and it's a penalty. Now, say what you want about Sanchez put his foot out to block the potential shot. He went through him, he went through the back of him, in my eyes. So, um, the, the the I can see, do you know what? And I've had Spurs fans, fans asking me this. I, I don't think it's a penalty. Do you think it's a penalty? I'm not, I've said, look, if it was me and that was given against Arsenal, one, I wouldn't be surprised the way our luck has been with penalties and, and refs and VAR. But two, I would actually be, be quite annoyed, if I'm honest, because I'd be like, well, Lacazette has already played his shot. The shot's gone. That's the first action. The second one is the the follow-through, which then resulted in the penalty. So what was your view on that? Was it a penalty or not? Stone warning. <laughs> yeah. If that Is that with anywhere... your Arsenal hat on or without your Arsenal hat on? I mean, if it wasn't given, I think... You know, maybe it's not something I would have. Uh, I don't know if it's something we'd be talking about today, but I do think that it was wild and reckless and high, and it does go through him. Um, it's not Lacazette kicking him, as uh, whatever pundit said that. You know, it, it's very much um, Sanchez going through him. And I think if that happens anywhere on the pitch, it's a late tackle and it's a foul and a free kick. And, so, and, it, wouldn't, and it wouldn't be the uproar, would there? Sorry to interrupt you. If somebody did that no. in halfway line and it was a free kick, you wouldn't have Jermaine Jennings going, oh, we shouldn't have given that as a free kick. You'd have said, yeah, it's a free kick. It's the fact it's a penalty that he's he's been crying about it. Um, now, look, friend of yours... Um, and former referee Peter Walton, mm. uh, who is regularly on BT. Um, uh, I don't know what newspaper this is from, but uh, he sums up the incident. So I'm just going to quickly read this out, if that's okay. He put, uh, Arsenal's penalty would have seemed harsh to Tottenham Hotspur because Alex Lacazette had miscued his shot before he was felled by Davinson Sanchez. That the striker had lost control of the ball is not mitigation, however. Sanchez was careless when clattering into his opponent, and according to the laws of the game, if a player shows a lack of attention or consideration when making a challenge, then they have committed a foul. Uh, and as he said, actually, as you've just said, if this incident had happened elsewhere on the pitch, it would have resulted in a pretty standard free kick. So, you know, by the rules of the game, yes, it's a, it's a penalty. It's just another one of those where it's, inconsistency isn't it because you'll see them given mm. you'll see them not given that apply the rules of the game they'll not supply the rules of the game so um you know at the end of the day we we won it i'll take it thank you very much if it had gone the other way yeah i'd have been pretty miffed well, look, it's just it just feels like uh we're, we're talking about these decisions every single week on on the show um yeah <laughs> You know, some they go for us, they go against us. Uh, I think 
it's about time one went for us and I'll take it. I yeah. think it was a penalty. So yeah, definitely yeah. I'll take it. And nicely um, dispatched. Yeah. And uh someone who didn't who strongly disagreed with it, and I just I was embarrassed for him. And we've got to talk about it on match of the day. Jermaine Genus. Come on, mate. <laughs> you can't be serious. I've never seen such an emotional and biased response to a decision that hasn't gone a team's way. Yeah. A pundit, I don't think ever. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. I, I saw I someone post... Uh, hold my hands up. Martin Keown agreed with him and said, you know, I, he didn't think it was a penalty, but could see why it was given. Um, yeah, you know, you get a real, get a real shirt in back, though. <laughs> Sorry? Sorry, I'm interrupting you, but he was getting real shirty back, weren't he? Like, yeah, but you oh, can't yeah. mind. You can't do that. You can't. Calm yeah, down. yeah, it's yeah. The guys are calm. It's a joke. It's funny. I was saying, I saw today somebody um, retweeted. Um, uh, it must have been the League Cup final from a few seasons back, where Chelsea beat Spurs four two. Yeah. And uh, he, it was him and Shearer having a bit of a debate, and and he was going, you know, the the, the best team lost today, and, and you got to be angry about that. It's just not on. But you know, the best team lost. It's all about Spurs. Spurs should have won that. And Shearer's going, yeah, but they didn't, and that's what counts in the final. It's the team that, that won. He's like, yeah, but you you'd be really upset if that was your team, and and, and you you know you had more shots on target, and they only had four, but they scored more. And he's like, yeah, but they lost. You know, that's the way it goes. And he's like you said, yeah. he's just a really emotionally invested biased pundit. And, um, it's just awful. He's awful. And, and, I, and I know Ian Wright, you know, he, he gets emotional about Arsenal, but not when it comes to decisions like that, he gets emotional. He, he's happy when they win, you know, on match of yeah. the day and you don't care. He don't care. We won, blah, blah, blah. But he doesn't go, nah, nah. He doesn't disregard a decision because he's an Arsenal fan. No, he calls a spade a spade if it's a penalty, you know? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's just anyway. like, uh, it was a big so, talking point on Twitter today and I just thought um, it was embarrassing last night. The BBC should be having words with him, really, for that yeah. sort of reaction. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's it. You're there to be impartial and, and pass judgment with your experience, not as a as a, a Spurs fan. He may as well have sat there in a... Uh, in a white shirt, you know, a white Spurs shirt and, and put his hat on and, and had the clackers going or whatever they were. Anyway, that's talking point number one. Talking point number two, uh, about 15 minutes later, red card for Eric Lamella. Um, interesting, this one, because it was a second yellow card for an elbow to the face. And um, I don't know if you remember the first challenge, first of all, because again, this was one that Jermaine Jenis got upset about. Yeah. Saying it wasn't even a yellow. I don't understand. He got the ball. Wow, wow, wow. Um, he is a tackle on party. His first one's a tackle on party, I think, where he does yeah. get the ball. He toe pokes the ball away from party. But his trading leg absolutely chops party in half. Um, so in my mind, it's a yellow card. And he wasn't complaining about it before it became a second yellow card and he got sent off, was he? I, I imagine. Um, I'm watching it with him. It's but. 100% yellow card from me. Uh he comes through the back of him. He might get a little toe on the ball, but when you come in through like that and you take the player as well, you know, Granite Shaka got booked for the same thing a bit later on. Yeah. No complaints there. Yeah. That's what it is. And you can't say that you can't tackle anymore. You can tackle. 
still, but you've got to get it right. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, so that, yeah, that, was the, that was the first one, and I, I agree, yeah, yellow card in my eyes. Um, now, again, using a bit of sense, uh, and I know others have said it, but if you're playing a game of football and you're on a yellow card, you tend to play with a bit more caution, don't you? You think, I won't go in for that challenge quite as hard, or if I'm going to win only 300%, otherwise I know the risk, I'm going to get another yellow. But you certainly can't go elbowing people in the face. And um, the reason I said at the beginning, interesting, is because if you remember, we played Liverpool, maybe in this season or last season, but um, Sadio Mane, I think it was, gave Kieran Tierney, funnily enough, an elbow to the face, probably more violent than this one, and nothing happened with it. You know, it wasn't a yellow, it wasn't a red, it was just a nothing. Um, So again, another situation where we've got inconsistencies in the game of one's a second yellow and, and one was nothing but um hard to disagree that this one's a yellow card isn't it i, I think oh yeah, i think so um you you can hold a player off there's a way of doing it uh he swings his arm quite aggressively and it and, and catches him it's it's clearly a, a yellow. I don't know what the ref's supposed to do there. It's right in front of him. Jose Mourinho, even you know, he was a, he could tell what was going to happen, and didn't he didn't complain about that decision at the end of the game? So I think that says says it all. Yeah. Although just for to note, he did for the uh, penalty incident, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, so yeah, definite definite red card, and almost the classic pantomime villain. You know, he'd gone from being the hero to then being the villain um, in this game, wasn't he, Lamella? So that that couldn't have happened to a nicer player. I tell you what, as well, I, I don't condone cheating. Of course, I don't. Um, but I wish our players were a bit more street smart and played a bit more with the shithousery. Um, a great word, because the dark arts win games. Whether you like it or not, it happens. You not doing it is not going to stop it happening from other teams. So I wish we would just be a bit smarter in that respect. And that's the sort of thing that actually Socrates was good for. And dare I say, Gwenduzi was actually pretty good at. You know, it's all of that sort of win by any means you need to. And I feel like we're maybe a bit too clean cut sometimes. Do, do you know what I mean by that? There's been chances where we've not gone over in the box and you think, why have you stayed on your bloody feet? You'd have got a penalty if you'd have gone over. Yeah, I agree. There is a line like you don't want to cross where it's it becomes embarrassing. Um, yeah, rolling around, screaming, holding your face when you've not been hit in the face, stuff yeah. like that. I don't really cool. like. But, but yeah, if you know, if you have got, if you do get kicked in the area, go down for sure. Yeah, because the other team's going to do it. Um. All right. So he got sent off. And then, weirdly, instead of yeah. having the advantage, we kind of went... Say again. <laughs> See you. Bye-bye. Yeah, cheerio, cheerio. Um, weirdly, we kind of went into our shell a bit as opposed to uh, taking advantage of the fact we had the extra man. And we were kind of holding on for the last, what, 10 minutes or so, weren't we? Um, uh, if you remember correctly, there was a free kick I think it was that allows Harry Kane to have a, a header that went in but was ruled out for offside it was a difficult 10 minutes <laughs> probably the worst I've seen um, for a while from us couldn't put two passes together kept knocking it out of touch knocking it back to him 
nervous. They just looked nervous, didn't they? Yeah. And um, gave Spurs a bit of a lifeline. We were lucky in the end, I think, to walk away with, with the three points. But it was our day. Yeah. David Louise. I was going to say, David Louise did say, didn't he? He came out and said, look, you know, the younger players in the team have that nervous, I think, nervous energy or that nervousness to kind of want to win, 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 win. And sometimes that's how you misplace your passes and you're just going to be calm and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, you're right. That was a that was a tough 10 minutes to be an Arsenal fan. Uh, and when the goal went in, I actually thought, oh, great, bloody scored. But we were saved by VAR this time or, or I don't think it even went to VAR, did it? I can't remember. Um, but we didn't concede. That was the main thing. Mm. Um, but the drama still wasn't over there, was it? Um, because um, there was the free kick right in the 89th minute. Uh, party fouls Kane. Bit of a stupid free kick to give away. Um, Kane takes the free kick, and obviously we had um, El Cedric doing the, the draft excluder, lying down at the bottom, <laughs> lying down at the bottom of the, the wall. Um, yeah. But it was a good free kick. Kane sends Leno the wrong way and hits the post. Um, and then the rebound comes out to Sissoko, I think it is. He shoots it go, and Gabriel makes that uh, goal line clearance that you mentioned in Tweet of the Week right at the beginning. Yeah, I thought he was um, brilliant all game, really. And and that just uh, was the icing on the cake, I, I thought. Yeah. Gabriel was solid as a rock. And um, yeah. yeah, it's just, it, that's worth a goal, right? Um, especially in the last minute, it's it's brilliant, brilliant defending. Yeah. Um, now that keeps us in 10th position uh, on 41 points. We're actually only four points now behind Spurs, who are in seventh, um, and five points behind uh, Everton in sixth, which is the probably where the Europa League places are going to go to, I think, this season. Um we were saying last week, maybe with a bit of a half uh, glass half empty, that the league's kind of gone. We need to focus on the Europa. And then you look at that and think, well, actually, we've still got, what is it, 11 games, 12 games to go. Actually, you know, if we get on a good run, we we could uh, we could do something. And I'm, I'm sure I saw um, something today that said that Arsenal's last five or six uh, home, uh, sorry, league games this season are against like the bottom four or five or something. So, that can go one of two ways, isn't it? They're either scrapping for everything, fighting for survival, and they're tough mm. games, or it's already been and gone, they're relegated and easy peasy. So um, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but you know, there's every chance we could sneak into Europe. Well, we have had a we've had a tough run recently. We've you know, we've had Leicester, we've had Man City, Spurs, we've got you know West Ham again. They're they're in the top six. So yeah, yeah. We've we've had we've had some hard games, and um, uh, you know th this gives us a lifeline, I think, to to get into Europe in um, via the league. But we've got to show some consistency, get some wins in a row, rather than stop, start, draw, dropping points here and there against especially teams that we should be beating yes yeah absolutely um 
So I'm not ignoring you. We, we had a message come in okay. from a friend of the show, Scott Borg. Um, I'll ask his question in a moment um, because it might influence what you say. Um, so my first question is, who was your man of the match in that game? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, Mill Smith Rowe was brilliant, and I felt when he came off, we looked not not quite as good as fluid. I thought Odegaard was brilliant as well. Thomas Park pretty good until the last ten minutes. For me, I, I would I would give it to Gabriel. I, I thought he was outstanding. Yeah, it was very good. What about you? Uh, I would have gone for Emil Smith-Rowe, um, who I think actually got official man of the match, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, I yeah, think I saw did, a stat. Yeah. He created four chances in a North London derby. The first, is it the first player to do so since Fabregas? Um, or the first teenager to do so since Fabregas? One or the other. But I, I, regardless of age and, and, and what have you, he was, he was brilliant. And you, like you say, you noticed our drop in potency when he, he went off. Mm. Um now, the reason I didn't want to ask that question is because, uh, as I say, oh, Scott... Okay. No, go on, mate, go on. To be honest, I wouldn't begrudge anyone, any of those, really, to be honest. I thought David Luiz was excellent. Um, Pirantini was um, superb again. Cedric was pretty solid. Part, you know, um, Shaka, again, decent shift. Yeah, I mean, you could have given. You could argue nobody had. You, yeah, you could argue nobody had a bad game, really, did they? No. Um, so anyway, Scott's question is at sm underscore borg. Go uh, check him out on Twitter, uh, and also uh, one of the co-hosts on uh, It's a Football Thing uh, podcast. So go check them out on Twitter too. Uh, but his question is: How high do you think the ceiling is for Emil Smith Rowe? So, Diddley, um, how high do you think the feeling is for <laughs> He's someone that should be playing in the Champions League week in, week out, potentially, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I saw... Um, international, definitely. Whether it's yeah. with us, you know, or, or someone else, I, you know, that's remains to be seen, but... Yeah, he's definitely he can definitely step up to that to that level. Yeah, um, called up for the under twenty ones today. Um, oh, was it? Yeah, so you know, clearly on the cusp of of uh, potentially making the the senior squad in in um, future squad call ups. Uh, I, I read someone uh, tongue in cheek said today if Emil Smith Rowe had been playing in Germany, he'd be worth more than um, Kai Havertz because of the way that he's been performing this season. Uh, and his contributions. Obviously, he's, he's, he's been fantastic with sort of goals assist record, isn't he? So, um, you, yeah, you have to wonder. You do have to wonder. Um, I, I think you're right, though. I think he's, he's, he's he seems like a very humble guy, actually. Uh, and uh, if you watch his post-match interview um, after the match, or it may have been on the Arsenal website, he just kept saying, "I'm just so happy to play. I'm just so happy to play my first North London derby. I'm so happy to win." You, you like I say, those players that come from Hale End, all they get the Arsenal Spurs rivalry, don't they? And you do hear a lot of 
um, foreign players that come over saying, I kind of understood it a bit, but I didn't realise it was quite as intense as it is. You know, those players don't need, uh, the, the Hale End players don't need educating on what Spurs Arsenal means. Um, and so, you know, you wonder if they do try that a little bit harder in the in the North London derbies. But regardless, he was brilliant and we've got a real asset on our hands. Uh, and I'm sure yeah. it won't be long before he gets a new contract from Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, he certainly deserves one. Um, I think potentially this summer that's something that, that should happen. Mm. Absolutely. Okay, so um, good result overall and uh, happy days. Uh, right, so we've got two more games coming up. Obviously, Olympiacos on Thursday at the very frustrating time of 5.55pm UK time. Um, why not six o'clock? I don't really get that one. Uh, but we're currently leading 3-1, courtesy of the away goals that we scored last week from Odegaard, Gabriel and uh, Mohamed Elneny. Uh, mentioned before, Aubameyang's going to be fresh and ready for a start, potentially. Um, what do you think the mindset of Arteta will be with this game? Uh, because 3-1 is a healthy lead, especially with three away goals. But do you think he'll ring the changes and keep us fresh for West Ham? I think there'll be a few changes, um, but probably not wholesale. Uh, I'd suggest that to sit back and hope we get through the game is probably not the right sort of tactics. Um, I think if we just, we just need to play our game, take it to them again, we'll get a goal, I'm sure, and, and that'll kill it. You? Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I wonder whether uh, Aubameyang will start. Um, yeah. I, I, if I'm honest, I'm in two minds about it. I, I wonder whether he'll start because he's fresh and obviously he didn't play at the weekend. But the other side of it is if we're playing West Ham, what sort of game are West Ham going to play him and who's going to fit better into that position up front? Or will we be better off with Lacazette holding the ball up or will we be better off with Aubameyang's pace um, you know, because West Ham have been quite attacking this season. They don't get to fifth, sixth position, position by accident. They're scoring goals. They're playing well. So can we stretch the game uh, and, and their team about so that Aubameyang can use his pace to to get behind that, that back line? Um, so I'm sure we'll have a, a thought on that one. The other one is Martinelli. Is this a chance for him to actually come in and play some football? Because... I'm hearing rumours that the reason he's not been playing is fitness and coming back from injury and he's still got some issues, but can't get minutes for loving the money at the moment, can he? And he's too good a player not to be playing. So if this is a chance, why not? Yes, it's certainly a game he's you've got to be looking at, giving him some sort of minutes, I think, um, whether it's off the bench or, or starting. But yeah, definitely. You know, he's a young lad. It's not. I wouldn't. I'm not worried that he's not playing. Uh, like you know, some people think that, um, Arteta doesn't fancy him. I just think maybe he's got the same sort of skill set as a Bamiang. So he either plays one or the other. And you know, you're not for the most part. You don't drop a Bamiang, do you? So mm. Mm. yeah. And after his. Uh you know, cameo performance last week. Will uh, El Nenny start, do you think? 
you know, we talk about sort of bringing I, I, the change keeping players fresh, yeah. Yeah, I think he's one that probably should come in. Um, I don't know who you would rest. Maybe Danny Sabayas would come in. Maybe you'd start with those two. Yeah, yeah. Um, where else do you think? Centre-backs? Yep. Uh, well, Rob Holden can do a job, obviously, so he could come back. Pablo Mari. Um, Pablo Mari didn't start, did he? It was Gabriel in that last week's game, but um, it's a chance for Pablo Mari to come back in. He's done really well you know, every time he's played, so there's no reason for him not to. Um, it's hard. It's so hard to know what Arteta really does think his strongest eleven is because... Yeah. There's often a lot of chop and change, and that makes it difficult to almost preview a game in that respect because you sort of think, well, what is his defined Premier League team and what is his defined Europa League team? Um, and earlier in the season, in Europa League, it was very much the youth. It wasn't Ketia, it was Joe Willock, it was Reese Nelson, etc. Well, you know, one of them's not playing and the other two, uh, oh, sorry, two of them are not playing, one's out on loan, um, of those, just of those three that we were talking about. So... It's really hard to distinguish between the two, but I do think Arunga changes, and I do think that maybe this result against Spurs has refocused his mind on, yeah, we need to go all out for the Europa League, but you know what? The league isn't a million miles away of scraping something into Europe and salvaging a bit of this uh, league season. Um, so that's that. We've got that on Thursday, and hopefully that will... Um, that will bear fruit for us. And then another Sunday game. This time, I believe, it's a three o'clock kickoff against West Ham. Um, so, West Ham are fifth in the table. They've just lost 1-0 to Man United yesterday. It was a Craig Dawson-owned goal. Um, but a much, much improved West Ham uh, than in years gone by. Uh, and to be honest, I have to say, when they reappointed... Um, when they reappointed David Moyes, I did think a bit of a strange option you know ever since he's left Everton his uh his stock has kind of fallen hasn't it um you know uh, unsuccessful in Spain unsuccessful at Man United didn't have a great run with West Ham when he was in his first stint there but credit to him and his team they've they've done a fantastic job this season um and one of the players that's kind of revitalized under under David Moyes is uh Fabi Hansky obviously former Guna he seems he actually seems quite solid these days. Not that he was ever particularly, you know, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He was never particularly unreliable for us. He just never really established himself as our number one. But, you know, every time I see him, I think, you're a good shot stopper. You're a decent keeper. Mm. FA Cup winner, Fabianski. Yeah. <laughs> he was. Yeah, yeah, sometimes, he you just, uh, sometimes you need... Um... You need consistency as a goalkeeper. You need to be playing week in, week out. Um, when you come in and out of a side, it's very difficult to to get any sort of form. And um, yeah, for him, good good move away from the club. He did well at Swansea, didn't he? And and then um, yeah, he's he's doing he's pretty good for West Ham as well. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Russ Morgan there with the evening chaps. Good evening. Good evening. Hope you're well. We are well. Thank you. Um, I'm not sure how long you've been on. You may have missed us talking about the North London derby, but we are just chatting about West Ham at the weekend. Uh, any score predictions from you? Diddley, what's your score prediction? For the West Ham game? 
the West Ham game. Yeah, I would say a real opportunity for us to um, stake a claim on the team that's above us. You know what? We usually do all right against West Ham. Um, they're a threat sort of from set pieces and yeah. Jesse Lingard's one that bothers me, you know. Uh, yeah, that guy. He's not someone I rate particularly, but he just has that knack of uh, popping up and grabbing a goal. And I, 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 I think, depending on how it goes midweek, I think we could get a decent result here. I'm going to go for a 2-1 win again. Yeah, and, and funnily enough, I was going to go for a 2 0 win. So I'll uh, I'll join you there. I do think we'll have enough about us. West Ham have been far better than we have, but our form since the turn of the the, the year has been has been good. Are we like third or fourth in the in the form league table? Um, yeah, Russia, absolutely right. Lingard does always score against us, but he also says he's going for a two one. So you know, we're, we're all full of uh, confidence in this one. Um, so obviously we'll be back next, uh, well, next Sunday or next Monday, one or the other, to uh, talk about that and see how we got on. And um, before we finish tonight, uh, I'm going to go with uh, a little quiz, and it's a quiz that you may remember that we brought last week as a new feature called "Who Are You? Who Are You?" Awful. Um, which is uh, I'm going to find an Arsenal player that's had an interview and you have to guess who that player is that's being interviewed um so i'll play it now it's a tough one i'm going to say that but this player yeah. is talking his interview of old he doesn't play for arsenal anymore it's your clue he's talking about goal that he scored against tottenham hotspur he had a pretty good record against spurs so uh here goes okay. we'll see if you get it taking a penalty against tottenham you know how much it means to the fans. Do you feel that? Yeah, I knew that. I knew because always when you play against your biggest rival, you know, everything you do positive on the field counts. And uh, to score two goals on, on penalties on that day was amazing. <laughs> Particularly tough. I think I know who it is. You got it. You got it. You got it. I think I know who it is. I'm going to say Gilberto Silva. It is Gilberto Silva. He nailed it. I think you've nailed everything I've thrown at you tonight. So, uh, well done. Yes, he did have a good record against uh, against Spurs. So, um, so good. That was Gilberto Silva. All right. Anything, Diddley, that you want to say guy, before? Man. Say again. I love that guy. Yeah, so underrated. Um mm. He was sold, was it Panathinaikos that he went to after he left Arsenal? I'm sure it was. I can't remember, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, he certainly went to Greece. I know that much. But um, yeah, underrated and kind of wish that he'd stayed a little bit longer or we'd got him earlier in his career. But uh, good player. Very good player. Yeah. Um, yeah, Did is there anything else that you want to say before we wrap up? Again, just uh, thanks to the listeners. Thanks for your support. Um, get involved on Twitter. Uh, the handle is Angelo at Blast Arsenal Pod. Always the same. 
always the same every week if you listen on apple podcasts leave us a rating or a review not fussy either way and uh that's it we've got another <laughs> comment there <laughs> Yes, yeah, from Russ again. He's on fire. Gilberto, really underappreciated. Should never have left when he did. Absolutely mm. right. Absolutely right, Russ. If you missed any of this uh, episode, Russ, do catch it on YouTube. Uh, it will be on our live stream uh, on our channel. Um, but until then, we will uh, wish everyone a good luck for Thursday's game against Olympiacos and, of course, the West Ham game. Do follow us on Twitter, as Diddley says, and on Instagram. And we'll be back next week unless diddley's got some yeah. oh, finger up go on mate if you do if you do follow us on twitter just keep hammering um the fa the premier league and harry kane and see if he um any actions taken against him for what he did yesterday to to gabriel because it was just, just shocking. he gets away with it every every week it seems some sort of dangerous play like that i've had enough Ange. i've had enough <laughs> So that's, that's Diddley's uh, bit of advice this week. Hound, the FA, and Harry Kane. And there's one other. Who's the other one? The Premier League. And the Premier League. There you go. All, yeah. all, all three of them. All right, guys. Thanks as ever. And we'll catch you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Listening to Blast from the Arsenal.